Free Trail fam, bonjour from Chamonix, France. Of course, I am your loving host, Dylan Bowman, here to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc. It is officially UTMB week, and we are here to enjoy the spectacle and share our love for this amazing sport and this amazing event with you, the global trail running community, trail fans worldwide. This is a special time of year, and we are so happy to be here to enjoy it in person. We're going to be doing a daily show each morning recording in the heart of Chamonix covering all the major stories of this year's race. It is a special week-long series we're calling Good Morning Mont Blanc, which you're listening to now. Each day we'll have a star-studded group of rotating co-hosts to share their expert perspectives about the fields, the conditions, the races, and the results as they happen throughout the week. We're also going to be doing a ton of pre- and post-race interviews with some of the main contenders and the top performers. So make sure you're subscribed here or to our YouTube channel so you don't miss a single second of our coverage. We are grateful for your support. We really hope you'll follow along and share it with your friends. Finally, thank you to Hoka and Camelback for making the shows possible this week. Make sure you play fantasy, fantasy fantasy.freetrail.com for a chance to win prize packages from these awesome brands. Thank you all so much for listening. Have an amazing UTMB week. This is a special one. Look at all of us here. We've got I'm a quad fact out here. Kevin Schmidt, Ryan Thrower, and somebody else. So I'm not really sure. <laughs> Courtney DeWalter, of course, the two-time champion at UTMB. We thought this would be a really fun new format involving Kevin and Ryan. Also, the two guys who just executed the bro mosey of the century to define bro mosey. It's just when two dudes go for a walk. <laughs> Ryan and Kevin did so. The Swiss Alps 100. Courtney was a crewer and a pacer, so we figured we'd use this as an opportunity to talk about that a little bit. Welcome. You just got to Chamonix. How are you both? Doing great. Yeah, really great. Excited to be here. Going to load up on all the croissants this week. Rye, welcome. Yeah, it's great to be here. <laughs> also loading up on croissants. I had a one of those muffins that's filled with chocolate this morning. It's a highlight of my day so far. Yeah. Until you guys got here. Yeah, Until you guys got here. <laughs> Brian has been either sitting behind the cameras here or furiously editing and typing on his computer for the last 24 hours. So it's great to have you on the couch. Also, we got to talk about Swiss Alps. You guys just finished a really hard hundred miler. Maybe tell the people first, Ryan, about how Kevin peer pressured you into it. Well, yeah, I was in Leadville when I was filming uh, for Hoka, the Annie Hughes video before canyons. And you're the only two people I know in Leadville. And I text you and I said, Hey, are you in town? Do you want to grab a beer? I'm done filming. And like within the first two minutes of walking in the bar and having a beer, he's like, shows me his phone. Look what I signed up for. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, Oh that, yeah, that looks pretty cool. The website shows a video as a Swiss Alps hundred. And, um, yeah. And we talked about the race a little bit. And then he's like, you got to sign up for it. And I was like, there is no chance I'm signing up for this. There's no, logistically, it doesn't make sense. I'd have to be abroad for like a month and I'm already on the wait list for another hundred. I was like, there's absolutely no chance. And we had a couple beers, had a good time. And like a day or two later, he's like, I told Courtney you're coming. She's going to be really disappointed if you don't come. <laughs> and then you called me and you're like, Hey, so like, I'm looking at this race, uh, in early August in Switzerland. Like how we, 
how we thinking about work and stuff around UTMB. We're like, you got to sign up, bro. <laughs> it took a little while, but I, I, I was actually, when I was at Worlds, when I was shooting Worlds and I was in the Austrian Alps and I was like, all right, this is pretty amazing. Yeah. I can, I can walk for 35 hours with this guy in the mountains. <laughs> Kevin, how did it end up on your radar? Swiss Alps. Um, I tried to get into a couple other races and didn't have the best luck in the lottery. So I think I just searched for hundred mile race in Europe and it came up. I'm and going next year. The pictures sold me. And yeah. It's a gorgeous place. Yeah. Are you going to run it next year? I want to, you want to go? Let's go. It's super cool. It's a awesome, awesome. Place. So for our listeners, Ryan has sort of compared it to like the European hard rock. Cause there was only 140 people that mm-hmm. ran. So it's sort of low key, like hard rock super mountainous course, like hard rock, beautiful and a good time of year, especially when, you know, you sort of need to squeeze something in, in between bigger races. So looked like you guys had a blast out there. Courtney, tell us about the crewing and pacing. This oh, was only three or four weeks after hard rock, right? Yeah. A yeah. couple of weeks after hard rock. Um, but so cool to be on that side of it and get a two for one in the crewing and pacing. Um, and then got to hang out with Ryan's crew the whole time, which was so cool, but it's a tough course. And these guys were just machines at it, like never faltering, never complaining, always just continuous forward progress, which was really awesome to see and be like a front row seat too. Tell the people about the Tim Tollefson happy meal story. Uh, Tim Tolfson was a hero and carried Happy Meals for the whole crew up this mountain, basically. Like it was a gondola to the aid station, but then after the gondola was a thousand feet of climbing to get to the hut that it was at. And I don't know that he knew that when he (laughs) signed up for it, Um, but had hot and fresh Happy Meals for everybody toys included in the little boxes. He didn't even like pare it down to be smaller. He carried the boxes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we rolled into this aid station. It's 75 miles in. Like we're just having a great time, but struggling. And we see Tim holding three happy meals. Just like happy meals. And it was like changed everything. And there was a DJ up there and there wasn't very many crew. So it was, it was Addy and Tim and like, cause because it's a thousand feet and less than a mile after you get off the gondola to get up there. So most crew didn't go to it. It's also a long drive and there's a DJ up there with like nobody there. And he knew we were coming and he had Bruce Springsteen born in the USA queued up and waiting <laughs> and it's just that? blasting. <laughs> the boss greets you along with some happy meals yeah. at whatever 8,000 feet at the Swiss Alps. 100 Spiritual course. mile 75. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> On a more serious note, Courtney, I think it was while you were over there that you determined that you were in fact going to sign up for UTMB after the huge summer that you've had. What signals were you listening to from your body that made you confident that you wanted to do it? It was before I left for Europe. Um, I went for a 45-minute shakeout jog. It was a couple weeks after Hard Rock. Hard Rock had been really, really hard. And so those first, the first week, week and a half after Hard Rock, I was uh, mostly on the couch and then decided I should go shuffle and tried this 45-minute jog and it it didn't feel great, but it didn't feel like a dumpster fire. It felt like, okay, like things will be okay uh-huh. in a little bit. 
if I just give it more time. And I got home from that and I was like, Kevin, we just, we have to sign up. We have to try this. When else do you get the opportunity to be in all three of these amazing races in one summer and maybe finish them all? Like we couldn't pass it up. So uh, thankfully I've done a few more runs since then and (laughs) they are trending towards the not dumpster fire. (laughs) Good. Uh, Yeah. So we're thrilled to be here. It's uh, been a crazy summer, but wouldn't change any of it. Kevin, anything you want to add about like the communication conversations you guys have about making these decisions and like how, you know, you guys work together to like sort of figure out what would fit well with Courtney and her goals? Yeah, we wanted to be very aware of what was going on with her body and like make sure we didn't make any rash decisions. And, you know, she's had injuries before and we wanted to be very aware of that and just to make sure that like we thought that it was good for her. Yeah. And those first two races, just like I can't say how great they went. They was yeah. just phenomenal. And just seeing like the way her body was turning around and having, you know, more like six, seven weeks between Hard Rock and UTMB, we're like, yeah, let's do this. Like, what was it like crewing for Courtney at Western States and Hard Rock this year? Because it's crazy. I mean, doing the broadcast at Western States, it was like just so inexplicable, you know, just how flawless it seemed and at every aid station, just how quick it was and how effortless it seemed. What was it like from the crew perspective? At, uh, at Western States, it was just wild because yeah. she... I can always tell like when things start to get hard and like it never happened. She just looks so good. She was, I mean, it was very hard. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she looked, I mean, she looked like she was working hard, but she wasn't struggling. Like it wasn't falling apart, but yeah, it just, she just kept flying through aid stations and we were just trying to keep up and get to the next one in time. That's great. It was like a runaway truck. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, the thing that sticks out in my mind was at the ALT, the Auburn Lakes Trail Aid Station, which is mile 85. And Jeff Colt had come through and like sat down and was having a good race, but sort of struggling in that moment. And you come through just smiling and like dump water on your head. Don't even break stride. Don't even fill water bottles and keep going. And it seemed like it was just a really special day. How are you feeling physically after such a big summer? I feel pretty good, but uh, it's hard to say. It will be hard to say until um, the start of UTMB and then 50 miles in. And like, I haven't done that since. And so I thought I was feeling good before Hard Rock. And then that race started and I felt really tired immediately. So yeah, it's uh, impossible to predict, but I'm excited to line up and I'm uh, excited to give it my all to get back to Chamonix. Yeah. Can we talk about spreadsheets for a little bit? <laughs> it's confidential. For everybody. <laughs> this is confidential. <laughs> Kevin, I've seen your spreadsheets. I don't know. If that, Wait, what? I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> it feels personal. Uh, yeah. Sworn I don't want to betray any confidences here. <laughs> But Ryan shared your spreadsheet before Swiss Alps 100, and oh my God, it belongs in the Smithsonian. Well, I showed you it. I didn't send it to you. Yeah, you don't have a copy. I do not have a copy. I just, I didn't. And, <laughs> but it did. It did help me immensely because he gave me his, and I worked in my own thing. And actually, I think it maybe helped Addy crewing me more than it helped me. But it helped us a lot. It was amazing. But 
Can't say any more than that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny because Courtney's been on my show before and she's sort of talked about how you make these spreadsheets. And I thought it would be a, a fun thing to just hear you talk about a little bit about like how, you know, building the spreadsheet and inputting the information sort of helps you wrap your head around whether it's your own race at Swiss Alps or Courtney's races where you're crewing. Yeah, that's certainly how my brain works. It helps me understand the course and like what the sections are like, how much like climbing and descending there there is in any given part. And yeah, that's, I have a very engineery brain and that helps me just wrap my head around all of it. Your spreadsheet has for sure evolved over yeah, the years. Totally. Like yeah. there's now some added layers that your initial ones <laughs> didn't have at all. Yeah. Yeah, this has been a work in progress over the last decade. And yeah, if we pull up some of the early ones, they're not that much to look at. How many tabs are on the spreadsheet for this weekend? Um, about six. Six tabs. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Har- or, uh, yeah, Ryan Harmony and I were joking today that we should make a t-shirt because we were talking about your t-shirts that you guys just put up on your Instagram the chaser crazy ones, but we wanted to make ones that just say, I've seen Kevin Schmidt's spreadsheets. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, an exclusive club, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Kevin, maybe talk a little bit more about like this weekend or in general, like as Courtney's crew, like what's your process of like interpreting her body language or what sort of signals do you look for? How do you guys communicate in aid stations to you know, ensure that you're doing your job to the best that you can to help her move as quickly as possible. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's also been a process over the last decade of working together, crewing together and just like living, training all that together. Mm -hmm. Um, Just understanding, like being able to look at her and like kind of understand where she's at. And um, yeah, it all just starts with a list. She writes out everything she thinks she's going to need and adapt from there. I'm a paper pencil kind of gal or like a broken crayon and napkin. (laughs) Yeah. You should, you should like sell a course on how to build a spreadsheet for, you know, building trail and ultra running strategy. I think (laughs) I would certainly enroll in that. What's up with the eye drop thing at the aid stations? Is that just, you get dry eyes in the hundred milers? Yeah. That started back, uh, run rabbit. What year was that? One of the run rabbit years. One of the run rabbit years. um, We brought a thousand headlamps because her batteries had died the previous year. And we're like, this isn't going to happen. And then she lost her vision at the end of the race and couldn't see. And so it was. The headlamps didn't matter. The headlamps didn't matter. (laughs) We brought all of the headlamps and her vision, her eyes just clouded over. So the eye drops are to kind of help prevent, you know, like get dust out and keep her. Yeah. Keep that from happening. Hopefully, This reminds me. Um, wasn't there another episode where you were crewing for Kevin where you forgot batteries for a headlamp? Tell that story. Yeah, it was my, uh, it was for the bear. bear yeah. And I was crewing uh, Kevin to try and get his second 100 mile finish ever. And I was feeling pretty proud of myself. Like I had picked up McDonald's at one of the spots. I was nailing the crewing, hadn't gotten lost driving. And then I start off pacing him through the night and realize as the sun's going down that the reason my headlamp isn't turning on is because I didn't put batteries in my own headlamp to face him. It was your headlamp. My own headlamp. Yeah, she gave me fresh batteries. Like I was set. Yeah. (laughs) That's good crewing crewing at least. (laughs) There's a lot of things to remember. Like 
You're thinking of the driving. You're thinking of the timing. You're definitely overestimating their pace so that you beat them to the aid station by at least three hours. (laughs) 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 Thinking of their food, thinking of their layers. There's a lot that goes into it. Courtney, I want to hear you talk about the consideration because I know in between Swiss Alps and now UTMB, you went home. What was the consideration about going back home to Leadville to finish off your training and rest and recover and whatever versus like sort of stay over here in Europe without Kevin, who I know needed to go back? Yeah, we had about two weeks and um, I decided to sign up for UTMB basically the day before I was leaving for Europe. Mm -hmm. And so it was all kind of last minute. I already had this flight to return and some obligations back at home that I had committed to. And then we were like, we could switch all of that around and I could stay in Europe or just come back home, be in our space, like live kind of a normal rhythm life for those couple weeks and then come back. And uh, that's the route we decided to go. It would have been really fun to stay in Europe and keep training. There's so many good spots, Um, but there's also something about home for me. Yeah. Right. Anything, anything for our guests, sir? The one thing, one thing that I would really like to know about is also the no hat philosophy you guys have as a family, what you guys have against the hat industry, because <laughs> yeah, like at hard rock this year, it was like 90 degrees at 14,000 feet. Courtney's not wearing a hat. Swiss Alps. You're not wearing a hat. Well, he started with one. I think he went about 400 meters with a hat on <laughs> and then it was gone. I, I thought you just like put it away for the climb and we're going to pop it back out. And it never came back out. I really should have used it as my forehead and a lot. Yeah. I just got smoked by the sun, but it just felt like my head was boiling. So I had to take it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Courtney? My head gets really hot. I need a vent. <laughs> Does your head get hot? Uh, no, I, I guess I don't. I don't think of it as getting hot. I think of it as like protection from the heat. But, you know, I've also never won Western States or Hard Rock or UTMB <laughs> or Diagonal Defu or anything else. So, um, Ryan, anything else for our guests here? Any um, stirring questions ahead of UTMB? Well, this one might be more for entertaining me and Addy, but we wondered, you know, how how does it compare like being the runner and the food you eat versus crewing and, and the food you eat? Oh, I mean, crewing is way more fun. I think it's required if you're crewing a race that your stomach hurts from eating so many snacks. <laughs> and if I'm the one racing, then I'm keeping it really narrow with what I'm eating. So we had like pie, espresso, pizza, happy meals. <laughs> Couple the beers, pretty fun. <laughs> Living, Living. Uh, maybe wrapping things up. Then Kevin, maybe a more serious question here. Like, so Courtney, uh, it would embarrass her if I asked her this because she's a, such a great still runner, here, right? <laughs> but like, I have this theory of like one of the reasons why she's so good is because she like has a good attitude and she genuinely enjoys it. Tell us about just sort of like, you know, the the mix between sort of like the physical training versus like the psychological love of the game and just the the joy of uh, doing what she does and how that's come together to make her so successful. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, even if racing wasn't here, like we just do this for fun. Exploring the mountains is just a fun thing to do. So being able to use that as your training and have like these awesome journeys you can go on, be part of the training, uh, just makes it all, just all of it's fun. Every Amazing. step of it. Well, thank you guys for coming over. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I'm still super jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super jealous that we couldn't be there to hang out with this whole crew at uh, Swiss Alps. So we'll have to go back next year. Next year. Yeah. Next year. Yep. Courtney, good luck at UTMB this week. Thank you. I hope you're able to lay low the next couple of days and we appreciate you coming over. Thank you. Thank you.